back with Astro Blast episode four. I am Jess Abbott. And what a day it is. It's me, Chris Farron. And it is the fourth episode. And we've learned so much. Have we? No. But you've <laughs> read a lot of stuff to me. And I've listened. Yes, your bedtime stories uh-huh. as we tape these in the evening. Yeah, that's right. I have had less trouble sleeping lately. Since we started the podcast, I fall right asleep. Oh my God. Isn't that nice? I'm cured. Yeah, it's astrology ASMR. ASMR. That's what the A in ASMR stands for. Astrology. Astrology. I don't know what the Suck SMR. in my rod. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jess was holding up a piece of paper that said that, and I was just reading it. Actually, today I'm reading my notes on a phone. I'm going digital for this episode, digital so you're get lying. Down. Digital, digital, get down. Just you and me. That's a great song by a group named, do you know? Is it Insane? It is Insane. Okay, cool. That song is about cyber sex. Is it? Yeah. <gasps> wow. I love that when you're super into a song when you're a kid and then you get older and you're like, that song was about fucking and well, yeah. you just would sing it like to your mom in the car. <laughs> Wow, that never happened for me. I, I knew pretty straight away what that song was about. Maybe that's the difference between young boys and young girls. <laughs> I think about that now with the Old Town Road song mm-hmm. when that's like lean all in my bladder and mm-hmm. there's that video of him singing it at an elementary school and like all the kids are oh, like yeah. screaming it along like six-year-olds. They're like, lean yeah. all in my bladder. I just got a notification on my phone that the sun just entered Leo as we're beginning this episode. Oh my God, how apropos because- um, Well, we said in the last episode that it was already in Leo because we're like, you know, taping ahead of when these are released, obviously. Mm -hmm. So as you're hearing this episode, you've already been in Leo for a week. You've been vibing out in Leo all friggin' week. But today we are just now feeling the, do you feel it, Chris? Oh God, (laughs) this Leo season, that explains my mood. You know so much about astrology that you can physically sense there's a tingling of the sun. Yep, that's right. Going into Leo. Yep, I was uh, driving here today and I freaking crashed my car. I was like, (laughs) guys, this Leo season is messing me up. Mercury, retrograde. Oh, we're going to get into Mercury retrograde soon. We need to address that. Please, finally. Somebody has to. But not in this episode because today we're talking about the moon. I love the moon. The moon is actually my favorite astrological body. It's very like, it's emotion based. It tells you a lot about yourself as a kid and and about what nurtures you as an adult. And I, I personally find it to be the thing that I read up the most on in my chart because it makes me feel better about, you know, how I think about my life and stuff. So I'm really excited for this episode is what I'm trying to say. Great. I'm ready. Load me up with your moon juice. Oh, also, before we get into the moon, we're supposed to once again say, if you rate and review us. Please rate and review us. Please do. We're going to do a thing where we. Chris is going to throw a tantrum if you don't do it. I'm going to crash my car if you don't rate and review it. You already crashed it. I'm going to buy a car and crash it. What kind? I'll buy the biggest one they make. Which Bug is? bus. The Greyhound bus. You're going to buy a Greyhound bus? I'm going to buy a Greyhound bus and crash it. <laughs> Into what? Into anything I can find. A lake, a creek, a friggin'. What is a creek? It's like a creek. Is that how they say it in Florida? Hmm. 
I don't think there are many creeks in Florida. A swamp. Rate and review, and we're going to start doing a thing where when you leave a review, we will read our favorite ones. Yeah, so if they're they're good, we'll read them, and if they are bad, we won't read them. And the only way you will know if you had a bad review is if you never hear us read it. Yeah, I encourage people to say the kind of things that you think Chris and I want to hear. And I'll leave that up to you what you think that means. Please be nice. Also, please write in to us for your advice questions because we're going to be doing a couple episodes in the coming months at our advice marathons. We're going to just take an, an astrological break, give Chris's little pea brain a break. Oh, my God. I have a big brain. It's huge. So we're going to do a bunch of questions, an episode of just giving advice. So we need to stock up. Let us know what's going on with you. It can be about love. It can be about not love. It can be a fun question. It can be about your roommate, your your landlord, your landscaper, your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room. Yeah, it can be like a shower thought you had where you were like, you know, when you're just standing there and some stupid fucking thing happens, but then you like kind of think about it for a while. Bring those to us. It can be something, you know, creative or whatever. Spice it up, baby. Please. Ask us the questions that you would want to hear someone else ask and answered in our podcast. That's right. Make our content for us. All right, that being said, we are going to talk about the moon today. And as we did last time with the rising sign, when I broke it down in terms of astronomy, we're going to do that again. And it's going to take way less time this time. Um, But just a little bit of background of what the moon, what's going on with the moon. What's up with this moon I keep hearing about? So the moon changes sign every three days. It's the second fastest moving placement in a chart after the rising sign which we learned last week the rising sign changes every oh it changes second wait so this the rising sign changes the most fast mm-hmm. every day we went over it every one day 24 hours so you're close the so the earth rotates through all 12 signs every 24 hours that's right so if there's 24 hours and 12 two hours. signs. Yep. Every two hours, the rising sign changes. Great. You got it. So after that, it. the next fast, fastest thing is the moon. And that's because it's the closest thing to Earth. So. Um, I knew it. Um, so I guess that's pretty much all I really have to say uh, from that's an wrap. astronomical perspective. We got it. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we got to get into the meaning. Okay, And great. this part is going to be the brunt of it. This is my favorite shit to talk about in astrology. Thank you for letting me do this, Chris. Thanks uh, thank for Thank you being for um, uh, having me. <laughs> Jenny's texting right now. No one gives a shit about this. Hey, come on. It makes me happy to see you so happy, though. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I'm going to start this astrological meaning portion of it, of the moon episode, with a quote from my favorite introductory astrology book, The Astrologer's Handbook, that I mentioned last time. And the quote is, the moon in the signs of the zodiac indicates the person's type of immediate emotional response to life's situations. 
It shows in what manner early experiences have colored the emotional outlook. It determines how the person is likely to react to external influences and the actions of others. It is important in determining how the person conducts their home life and the type of relationship they have with their mother and with women in general. Oh, oh yeah, baby. The moon position is also an indicator of eating habits and food preferences. That's the end of the quote. End quote. Great. So the highlights of that, if we're going to take what I just read to you and, uh, and just give you the keywords here, internal emotions, immediate emotional reactions you can't help, love, the home life, the mother, childhood, and food. Why, the, why, do I do, why don't I like to eat? What does that mean, moon-wise, for me, Chris? Why don't you like to eat? Right. Well, you have the Capricorn moon, which is all about work. They're putting work and accomplishment and, uh, and, um, and their desire for self-importance and importance for others um, and feeling special above like pretty much everything. Yes. So, so that's why I don't like to eat. I yeah. like lobster. I like red lobster. So what we know about you now, you like Long John Silver's, Hot Pockets, and Red Lobster. Did I say I like Hot Pockets? Episode I'm one. fine with Hot Pockets. But let's hold off on the food talk because we're going to get there. I'm sorry. How dare you? I'm so sorry. Let's start with the mother because that really is where life begins. Mother. He begins with mommy. Mommy. Our mother's moon is the kind of emotion that they have to offer their child. I got to email my mom. Yes, She's on a Chris. Trip. That's what She's I want to hear. She's on a trip right now. Where is she? She's in Europe. <gasps> I got to email her. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So our mother's moon is the kind of emotion that they have to offer their child. That's what they want. When a, when a mother is pregnant and she is envisioning her life with her child, mm -hmm. she's imagining a world where she takes her idea of love, which is found in the moon, and she wants to give that to the child. She's excited about it. Okay. For example, if she has a fire moon, she has an energetic and interactive way of showing love, sometimes with an intensity. If she has an earth moon, her love is grounding and neutral, maybe sometimes a little rigid and expressed in a muted way. If she has an air moon, she may communicate her love with words. She may be the kind of mom that calls you a lot to check in, but also the love she gives may feel distant and reserved. If she has a water moon, her love can be plentiful and warm and sensitive, very open to how you're feeling and nurturing. And the moon that we're born under as the baby of the mother, our moon in its sign is the kind of love we hope to receive from our mother. I have a water moon, for example, and my mother has an earth moon. So as a child, I really wanted a watery, sensitive, gentle, attentive kind of love, and my mother was seeking to give a more practical, implied love through teaching me strength and educating me. So there were times where we definitely had different expectations of the other and times when we felt kind of like emotionally let down. Um, but as we've both like gotten older, we're getting better at understanding how to be there for each other. But emotionally, I would say it definitely how your moon interacts with your mothers can help you think more about in terms of, of in moments of strife where the other person might be coming from. When I learned that about the moon, I got real into that. But I also have four moms, so it really. Oh, my God. <laughs> four moms. Ever, you already told me this, but oh, my God. Yeah, sometimes I wake up and remember that, Does and that I'm like, oh, my four God. four dads, too? No. Okay, I have zero dads. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Back up. One mom, two moms, three moms, four moms. One of them must be gay. Turns out they're all gay. Oh, my God. Gay moms? How did that... How, how was that for you growing up as a uh, straight woman? <laughs> Funny you should ask. Uh-huh. Go ahead. What? Well, my mom... 
was married to a woman. Uh, wait. Uh, okay. Before I was born. All right. Well, technically, I was in the oven. In when they were dating, they decided to have me through like a, an anonymous donor, and then I was born, and then they split up when I was a baby, and then they both got remarried about fifteen years ago. Um, they both got remarried around the same time. And that's how I have four moms. And it's wow. incredibly overwhelming. I'm the only child. And they all are emotional. And so when I heard about this mom moon shit, I was like, I need to butt chug this information because I'm drowning. Butt chugging now. Wow. Well, great. Now I know a little bit more about you. We got to find out what your mom's moon is because there are certain signs that are more inclined to long distance travel. Uh -huh. There's some signs that are more inclined to short distance travel, like maybe like within the country, let's say, or like within a state traveling a lot, maybe like going on like camping trips a lot or something like that or work trips. And then there's like international travel that some signs are more involved with. Sagittarius is a, a long distance travel traveler. Gemini She was born is. February 8th. February 8th makes her an Aquarius. Mm. Just like your wife. Okay, let's oh. settle down. Settle down, oh. everybody. We don't need to. Oh. We don't need to do anything with that. That's <laughs> nothing. That doesn't mean anything. Well, this is. Well, you know well. what? Astrology's fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it now. It's fake, and I'm and it's fake. So there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. Oh my god! It's fake. This is all crap. Um, Chris's mind is, I'm going to call it now, is going to get blown in the next episode when we have a very special guest who I will not yet reveal. I won't reveal the guest or the topic, but we're going to get into some shit kind of like what we just touched on. It's going to be a wild ride. And if this is your response to this. Oh, boy. But this is also pretty big. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. I mean, that's nah. just like a like a Freudian, nah, Jungian no, thing. no, no. That's an accident. That's just <laughs> something's different. Nothing. You're right. It's them. Let's just let's just call it. We're yeah, done here. Let's do, so let's do friggin' John Wick podcast. <laughs> He's got a gun. He kills everybody. He killed a hundred friggin' people. He probably killed his own mom. Oh my god. Do you think that if at the start of John Wick one, if John Wick's mom had accidentally hit the dog with her car, that he would have killed her? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's just down there with a fucking hammer ripping up his guns from under his face. <laughs> like, you better fucking run, Mom. <laughs> wow. What a great movie. I love it so much. All right. Back All right. to this. So that's a wrap on Moms for now. Uh, let's talk about childhood. Thank God. Oh, childhood. Great. <laughs> it is said that as children, we present as our moon signs as opposed to our sun signs. This is because the sun is our true self, and it takes time to grow into that. So, wait, what's my moon sign again? Capricorn. And that means I work, work, work? Um, well, I mean, that working is a huge aspect of Capricorn, but this is where we kind of, like, veer from the traditional description of Capricorn, and we apply it to the moon. Okay. So what about Capricorn can apply to emotions and the internal feelings you have in childhood? So Capricorn moon can mean that... You weren't an extra emotional child. You weren't. Um... I'll tell you what I was like as a child. I will describe to you exactly what I was like, and you okay. will understand, I think, immediately, as long as you understand what I'm talking about. Okay. You know the frog who goes, hello, my baby, hello, my darling, and he dances all around? The... Yeah. What's his name? Michigan J. Frog? You know I thought this? that was the WB frog. Yeah, 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 yeah. That this frog is... speaks? Hello, I'm sorry, spoke? He must be dead now. That was 20 years ago. Well, he's a cartoon 
Are we thinking of the I same I can't believe frog? that you just dropped that realism on me after everything we've been through. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. He's dancing. Imagine a frog dancing around going, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. All right, I see it. With a I top hat, hat always flashing around. That was what I was like as a little kid. <laughs> I was just like a little... Uh, a showman? A showman, I guess, yeah. And then in some way I grew out of it, and then only until I was like 30 did I start growing, <laughs> turning somehow back into that person. I'm pulling up your chart really quick. Pull up the chart. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl. <laughs> so this is something we'll, eventually we're going to have to do an episode on the houses where we explore what each house means. We haven't done that yet. I've kind of explained how the houses work. And that there's 12 of them that go around counterclockwise, right? Uh-huh. Um, and there, we will do an episode on what each of the houses represents. We're going to not do it today, but I will just say to look into that a little more. While being a showman isn't necessarily symptomatic of a Capricorn moon, your moon is found in the first house in your natal chart, which is a fire sign. It's Aries. It's way more direct and expressive mm-hmm. and childish. So it kind of seems uh, like there are ways that this would that a Capricorn moon in the first house would come together to present you a dancing frog. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the sun is our true self and it takes time to grow into that. No one is just born being like, this is me, baby, get used to it. So the moon is our immediate emotional reactions. And the reason why we present as our moon and not our sun as kids is because babies pretty much only know how to react with their emotions. They can't speak. They don't know who they are. They're just kind of reacting to whatever is happening around them. And that's what the moon does. They have no social reservations that the rising sign can dictate as we get older. And they don't know who they are yet. So they have no identity that's associated with the sun. They're left with the moon being their strongest planetary identifier. So we talked about you as a kid a little bit. Um, on my side of that, I have a Pisces moon. So as a kid, I didn't speak very much. It's a water sign. It's like a very reserved, um, dreamy, kind of detached water sign. Um, I didn't speak very much. I never threw tantrums. I would only cry privately in my room when I was upset because I felt that being alone in a small place was the safest place I could be. Oh, my God. I, yours is a lot different than mine, huh? <laughs> I was really gentle and had a hard time focusing on schoolwork because I was so caught up in the fantasy of adventure books. I would like read Harry Potter under my desk during math class, and now I'm still really bad at math because of that. And the energy that I have now has totally shifted into my son, which is Gemini, as I've gotten older and Who's learned. your son? Oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about me being the frog again. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. All right, let's talk about the home life now. Each sign is ruled by a specific planet. So, for example, Gemini and Virgo are ruled by Mercury. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And Taurus is ruled by Venus. So they all have planets that they're associated with. What what happened? Did it rock everybody's world when Pluto didn't be, became a, no longer a planet? Yes and no. Oh. It definitely had some implications, but... I mean, the moon isn't a planet, and that's that's true. In here, we look at asteroids too. In astrology, we look at points in the sky that actually aren't anything. The rising sign isn't an actual physical thing; it's mm. a location. So, it was kind of like, "What's going on?" But um, but it wasn't like it didn't. We still talk about Pluto as a planetary body in astrology. Great. 
But isn't that still like going back and forth all the time? I don't know. I feel like it, it got reinstated as like a partial planet or some shit. Whoa. I don't, I don't know. So the home life. So each sign is ruled by a specific planet and the sign of cancer is ruled by the moon. So they have commonalities. When we describe the moon and we describe cancer, there are a lot of similarities in how we describe them. We learned a couple episodes ago that cancer is a Dodge Caravan. That's right. And you. I remembered that. They love family and commitment and keeping house, whether in a tidying way or by decorating. So we look at the moon to see what it can tell us about our home and where we feel safe. As a Pisces, as I said a minute ago, I feel safest in a small dark place where I can curl into a ball, either in silence or with music playing. When I'm upset, I like my like safe place when I'm like super upset is I just like go into a closet and close the door and just like sit on the floor for a while until I feel better. It just is like Which closet here do you do that in? In the bedroom. Oh my god. It just kind of, I think it's probably along the same lines as like a sensory deprivation tank, you know. Have you ever done that? No. I can't just tell if I'm talking to somebody about this and I want to do it. We learned the other day in the news that apparently Grimes does it for 3 to 4 hours a day. Was that what it was, Jenny? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <clears throat> I'm not even going to get into Grimes. That's whole whole thing um when i want to really relax i love getting in bed and staying up all night with a tv show and snacks or a drink when i think about family i imagine having one kid that i can emotionally bond with and comfort and read fantasy books to chris where do you feel safe how do you like to relax and how where do, you do i feel family? safe how many kids do i want to have <laughs> um oh this is why i love God. the moon you really get to know someone does it have to be inside of a house no 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 I think one of my most comfortable places is like taking a walk. Yeah. That's a nice thing. That totally. makes me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to be in the arms of my wife. <laughs> my wife. Uh, of course, I love to be on stage performing live, getting paid $500. <laughs> 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 um, uh, you feel safe on stage? Yes. Wow. Also, going back to just houses for a second, your son is in the fourth house in your chart. In the fourth house is associated with cancer, mm-hmm. which is associated with the moon, as we just learned. So feeling safe, when you mentioned being in the arms of your wife. Mm-hmm, my beautiful wife. She's tatted up. She's got huge, she had huge boobs. So is this about safety or? Boobs. <laughs> or boobs. All right. Well, let's actually. I feel just as safe now as I as I did when her boobs were slightly bigger. <laughs> Before she joined the. Itty well, bitty we keep getting committee. mail from something called the itty bitty titty committee. I don't know what that's about. Let's hear it. Later well, I should say I don't know what this is about, but my wife. I, we keep getting mail to our house addressed to my wife, and it's from something called the itty bitty titty committee, and and. When I like hand it to her, she grabs it from me right away. She said, nothing. And then she like runs in the other room and then I hear a paper shredder. (laughs) So on that note, we're going to move into love and the moon. Beautiful. I'm in love. In love, the moon indicates what we're capable of giving. It's the offering we make to the people that we love. It's what we give in exchange for their love. So with the Pisces moon... When I'm falling in love, I am low-key annoyingly sentimental. I immediately make a playlist of songs I associate with that person. I write songs about them. Sometimes I write songs for them. It's pretty disgusting. And when I fall in love, it becomes a tender, emotional situation. And when it's not reciprocated, I feel extra hurt about it, extra butt hurt. As I keep saying, I've got a water moon. So 
water is so sensitive and emotional and tender that when it comes to love, everything is just kind of like exalted. Love, love can be pretty quintessential to someone with a water moon. So I'm such a little love bitch. I'm a little baby, <laughs> baby love bitch. Mm-hmm. That's I've always said that about you. Um. So what's what's your deal? Am I a love bitch? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. And I, am I even allowed to say it? I don't know. I can't. Th- it's hard for me to. <laughs> Tell me what it. Close your eyes. Tell okay. me what it feels like when when you realize you're falling in love. It's been so long since I've fallen in love. Well, think just think about Cassie. Okay. Think about the moments when you were putting together that it was like the whole cannoli. Mm. As Jenny says, when you put the whole cannoli in. What the hell? That's like the one thing she said this whole episode so far. So wait. She's so over there I, texting wait, and she's like, wait. get the whole cannoli in. <laughs> so is it in terms of like how I feel when I am feeling in love? or Yeah, is it- what are those feelings that bubble up in you or are there not any? Maybe I think maybe it speaks to the, it's, it speaks that you don't know. Oh my God. Am I bad? No, no, no. I would argue that I'm bad. I'm like obsessive when I'm in love. I like can't eat or think I'm just like think I'm just like in it and it's pretty destructive for my life I guess I uh, the thing I think about when I think about Cassie is I feel relief Mm -hmm. I feel very relieved when I think about her like she is like the ultimate comfort to me Mm -hmm. and I feel like grateful and lucky the thing about Capricorn is security is one of the most valuable things to them. Right. That, for example, couldn't be said of my moon mm-hmm. or of a lot of other different signs' moons. But for Capricorn, for a lot of Earth signs, security is super important. Mm-hmm. I may imply this a lot throughout the podcast, but there's really no like bad signs or like bad placements. There are challenging placements, but... um. And one might view a Capricorn moon as a challenging placement. It's Capricorn and Earth isn't necessarily the is it's not always the most easy moon placement. Right. So for so emotions could be just processed a lot differently than in traditional ways. Right. So how do you show people that you love them? Um. How do I show people I love them? That's a good question. Like, do you like to communicate it a lot, or do you feel like there's like a time and place for that? I commute like in my relationship with my wife, I communicate it constantly, uh, and with like friends that I feel really close to, I communicate it with a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, or I at least make them make it known that I am grateful to be in a relationship with them or a friendship with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first house, um, as I said before, is associated with Aries and is really external. It's very like uh, kind of like what what you wear on the outside, as we say with the rising sign, because the first house and the rising sign are at the same point on your chart. Mm -hmm. So um, your moon, like I said earlier, is in the first house. So you kind of like you take what your moon offers and you kind of like hold it out. In the first house. Yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking about what I said about the way Cassie makes me feel, and then I think something I try to do for my friends in some way is to just provide some sort of relief to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not the type of person that like asks people for anything, or I just kind of like do things 
poor people. So are you saying that you feel relief with your wife in in love and that you want to share that feeling of relief with other people in your life, Yay. including your wife? That's right. Mm-hmm. So to break that down, astrologically speaking. I'm a hero. You're definitely a hero. the best man that ever lived. <laughs> so so uh, to kind of like sum up what we've said about your moon so far, um, love isn't this like explosive feeling for you. It's more of just a feeling of security. And, it, and because it's in your first house, it's a feeling of security that you are open about and you feel good about discussing. Maybe not in a way that's showering people with like extravagant expressions of love. But it's you saying, hey, I feel really good and and I want you to know that. And here, friends, I want to give you, I want to share some of this feeling with you. So yeah. So where the moon is how you feel about those feelings, the first house is how you're giving those feelings out into the world. Yeah. Is there any astrological like combination sign that a person could be that would make them the least likely to believe in astrology? Yeah, there's a lot of different combinations, I think, um, that could explain. I mean, different combinations could explain why someone or not feels whatever, that way whatever, or, like, yeah, yeah. when in their life they do. I mean, I, I mean I, I've said this a little bit before, but I think Virgo men, all, like, are always the hardest. I have the most challenging time speaking to Virgo men about astrology. Um, I think that Earth, Earth signs in general seem to be less open to the And I'm an earth sign? Yes. Well, you're perfect. you're a triple earth. So wow. I I can't believe I haven't heard really And now said I believe in it. <laughs> when we look at our big three, all of the signs have an element assigned to them. We know this now, right? Earth, air, fire, water. Yes, baby. Wow, I love that. And when all three of your big three are the same element, not nece- not necessarily the same sign, but if you're like Cancer, Pisces. Three's uh, nuts. Yeah, it's like D's nuts. It, <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. You would say that's a triple water. So um, triple water. sometimes your sun, moon, and rising are all the same sign. And that is like ODing on the energies of that sign and that element. It's a doozy. So if it's like you would, you could say I'm a triple water, I'm a triple fire, or like triple Sagittarius, blah blah blah. So you're a triple Earth, Damn. which I would, I might argue, makes you pretty hard to convince of anything that is that doesn't have like the hard facts in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, Taurus is the one Earth sign that's ruled by Venus, and mm-hmm. Venus is a very like feminine um very like open beautiful planet that that i think leaves space for there's there's astrological hope for you great but the double capricorn in your big three presents challenges for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. um i have a in my big three there's air fire and water so i have a balance of three elements but there's also a complete lack of earth in my entire chart which is pretty bad because there's nothing that really like grounds me, whether it's like emotionally, psychologically, like communicating confrontation. It's really hard for me to feel steady in like any realm of my life. So the elements really can play a a part there. We'll do an episode on the elements eventually too. I guess before we step away from emotion, we're we're at the end of the emotional segment of this episode, which is great because I don't think that Chris is thriving here. Hey, come on. Hello, <laughs> well, my baby. <laughs> I just want to, I guess, uh, uh, give some attention to the other moon signs so people listening who know what their moon signs are 
can kind of chime in here if they're not a Pisces or a Capricorn moon. So in, in Aries moon, just to like run these down real quick, an Aries moon is a fire moon. The way I'll do this is I'll say things that are really great about your moon and some things that uh, maybe you should think about is should you identify with your moon and you know what it is and everything, consider these aspects of yourself and kind of just like meditate on it for the day and uh, see where that takes you in life. Get to Tatum meditating. Should we make a t-shirt of that? Yes. Tate all, tate all day, tate all night. <laughs> so Aries moon, it's a fire sign. Some really great things about it. It's full of charisma and charm. It's magnetic and warm and bright. Uh, but on the downside of that, you may have um, a propensity to act really childish with your emotions and um, and kind of just lash out without really stopping to take a breath and consider how you really feel or how the other person in the confrontation may feel. So um, kind of like slow, slow down a little bit, I guess. And um, if you have a Taurus moon, Taurus moon is very deep in the throes of love, very sweet, the sweetest, sweetest moon. But downsides of that, you may not be open during confrontation with someone you love. You may be just kind of unwilling to move away from how you feel about it. Then if you have a Gemini moon, which is an air sign, communicating may be something you're really, really great with. Uh, and very open to speaking with other people about how you're feeling. But downsides to that, definitely consider how others are feeling, not just how they're hearing you speak about how you feel, but how what you're saying makes them feel inside. And if you have a Cancer moon, which is a water sign, um, I mean, of course, you're one of the most nurturing, one of the most nurturing moon signs. Downsides to that, though, is when you're feeling upset, you may completely shut down and not let somebody else communicate with you and, and share feelings with you. Uh, so trying to remember yourself to open up can be really important for a Cancer moon. And also not not letting people feel completely overwhelmed by your emotions. Your emotions may fill up so much of a room that um, the other person doesn't have room to express how they feel. And then if you have a Leo moon, a fire moon, you, you may kind of view your how you're feeling as the most important thing that's happening. And that isn't always fair. But really great things about a Leo moon, that you're wanting to share love in a really big way. And um, that can feel really good for your partner. And if you have a Virgo moon, you're going to be very attuned to kind of taking apart how someone might be feeling. That's really good that you're wanting to tune into what someone else is going through. But what you do with that information may be not not enough. It might not be nurturing enough at all. It might be way too cold and way too informational. It's great to understand what someone is feeling, but how you hold that is really important. And then if you have a, a Libra moon. Was that just, that's what you oh, have, Jenny? Jenny. So if you have a Libra moon, Libra moon is also a really, really sweet placement. Uh, okay. Very gentle and wanting love. Libra moon wants love so much. And because of that, you're willing to give so much of yourself. But mm -hmm. the thing that's important about Libra moon is you really need to make sure that you're, you're making sure your own needs are met. Because Libra moon will often forget that. And then they'll find themselves feeling really terrible and they don't know why. So watching out for, as important as watching out for the needs of others is you need to also watch out for your own needs. Uh, next, we have Scorpio. And if you have a Scorpio moon, the depths that you're willing to go in order to express yourself in a situation and the things that you're leaving your mind open to are really great and fantastic. On the other side of that, you may be completely prone to chaos, which can really disrupt others' feelings 
I've known Scorpio to sometimes be a very painful sign to interact with because they're just kind of like so deep in how they feel and so open to the possibilities of life and death that they're not really acknowledging the harm that they can cause while they go through that. If you have a Sagittarius moon, which is a fire moon, you are completely excited and warm about love and you want to wear it on your sleeve. You want to experience and um, that can be really fun and exciting for another person. Again, all of these things can apply to a romantic situation or a familial familial situation, your friends, just any any instance where you're experiencing love and confrontation. But the downside of that is Sagittarius also can be extremely blunt, bold in a setting where they may maybe shouldn't be. They can be really strong with their words and really angry. And it's important to figure out your, to put your anger on a leash when you feel that way. If there's a Capricorn moon, which is an earth sign, we just, talk, we, I mean, we talked about Capricorn moon a lot with Chris. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we can kind of just, we can. It's, it's like me. And if you're like me, you're great. Next. <laughs> if you have an Aquarius moon, nothing is going to strike you as as bizarre or strange. You're willing to listen to what someone is feeling without reservation and living in that and having a, really having a, a good time. But Aquarius can be so devastatingly cold and just dry. You need to figure out how to get your brain to stop kind of worrying and really like let yourself feel feel what you're feeling and what someone else is feeling it's it can take a lot of time for an Aquarius but if you just take a really deep breath and you just kind of open up you have to just open up your mind a little bit to emotion and we're gonna skip Pisces too that's mine if you have a Pisces moon like me you're a big fucking baby you got a lot of um a lot of uh tenderness to share but you're you also could probably stand to just chill out all right let's end on something that is not as intense let's talk about food really quick and then we can move on to advice great so uh my favorite food tends to be comfort red lobster food. oh i don't find red lobster to be a comfort food i've also never been to a red lobster we're going i'm from maine so we're like, friggin' going we're doing a podcast at red lobster i actually that's a great idea Hell yeah. Um, let's do a live pod from Red Lobster. Love it. I, I really like comfort foods, things that I ate as a kid, things that remind me of something or someone. I also grew up pretty poor for the first half of my childhood, so there are a lot of snacks that I like that are like super disgusting and shitty, uh -huh. but I like still love them. Thank like my you. mom and I used to eat canned smoke oysters on Cheez-Its. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's like exactly what I unfortunately just said it's like uh, foul but some like whenever i see canned oysters at the grocery store i'm always like trying to not grab them because whoa. especially if i'm with my partner what's his name yeah his name is jenny um he produces the pod <laughs> what the hell um what are what are your i like hot dogs hell they're yeah. very easy to make that's why i like uh -huh. cereal it's mm -hmm. very easy to make that's All why right. i like macaroni and cheese it's pretty easy to make that's why <laughs> yeah uh, and then I like Chinese food because I had it as a kid a lot, like at least once a week. Ordering out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like my grandparents and my mom and I would have Chinese food. Just interesting to hear And about. once a year, my family and I, we would, we would have a turkey and we would have mashed potatoes and we would have stuffing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> once a year, have, you like, say? Cranberry juice sauce. Is there any other like holiday that has a food like so tightly associated with ham, Easter, St. Patrick's Day, corned beef, 
cabbage, mashed potatoes. That's right. Or like regular potato, whatever kind of potatoes. Yep. And green beer. I love it. I love to drink it. Oh, God. I've only ever done that once, and it was at a Hooters in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest. Some of these waitresses at these Hooters, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but the way they dress, it's kind of sexy. Okay, so Jenny's contributions today. <laughs> Get the cannoli in and heh heh heh. Yeah. Do you think Hooters, the main Hooters like clientele, like main base, is people that... They've all been canceled. That... <laughs> Have you guys noticed that the, the Hooters uniform is inclusive of like short shorts, but then these like really thick... Leggings. Stockings... Uh huh. Like, that just look like suit, like a dark, like a Florida tan, basically. Right. Yes. I so just... Jenny wants to call attention to the fact that Hooters employees wear short shorts and really thick, tall socks. Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. They're like they go they're all like the way up. yeah, they go all they're the like way. A pair of tights, like thick, dark. What's your point, tights? Jenny? I don't know. I just think it's weird. You want more ass at Hooters? It's called Hooters, not Tooters. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's good. That should be the whole episode right there. We should just re- put that on replay. I want everyone to know that I hated saying that word out loud. It just was like it it needed to be said. God told me. God just came into my brain and said, Yeah. All right, let's talk about advice questions. Please. I feel primed now. It's my favorite part of the show. Question number one. C, as in the letter C, who has a Libra son, Leo Moon, and Taurus Rising, writes, I just got out of a really long relationship that took up the majority of my adult life. We were engaged at the end, and they left me for someone else. My question is this. In new friendships or relationships, when, if ever, is it necessary to bring up this baggage? This was a huge part of my life and has been significantly affecting my emotional state of mind, but it also feels... Like, just a huge bummer to bring up to people. That's a great question. That's really good, yeah. Because it's I mean, so it's hard terrible, to... it's terrible, but... <laughs> it's so hard to uh, live with those feelings alone, you know? And mm-hmm. when you have new friendships and new relationships, a way of getting close to people is to share everything about yourself with them. Overall, like, I think that... You shouldn't view your own experiences and feelings as like a warning for someone else. You're you are you and that's not going to change and your experience has happened and you can't change the past. So, I would say don't be af- don't be afraid to explain to someone you're seeing what happened to you, but also don't make it who you are entirely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because you're going to have all these other experiences ahead of you. You're going to have a whole lifetime of other um, feelings, whether that's just with one person that you're going to s- share the rest of your life with or a few people, but life is going to move on and the, the, what happened to you is always going to be there. But, um, but you got to kind of think positively of it. Maybe when you talk to this person about it that you want to share it with, you talk about it in, uh, in terms of how you've grown from it and not of how it holds you back. I love it. I agree. Boom. Man, I should have wine every time we tape. Oh I'm my like God, she's it. drunk. She has a freaking lampshade no. on her head. <laughs> no, but I could stand to brush my hair. Okay, next question. Eric Virgo. Uh-oh, J- watch out, Jess. You have trouble with Virgo, man. Um, I hi. don't have trouble. Well, go on. 
Hi, is this advice about anything? I need a mattress for $400 or less. What should I get? This is what I'm talking about with Virgo. This guy, oh Eric. Oh my God. Eric, I love it, but this is the most Virgo question that's ever been submitted to this podcast. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it in terms of, you know, I'm just bringing astrology into it. Yeah, you want to know about your mattress? Chris, take it away. All right, so on Amazon Prime, which I don't even know about, I barely even have it. I would they probably don't know anything about it. But anyway, there's a queen bed for $353 from Zinus, Zinus Memory Phone. I'm sorry I'm on Amazon. What, what is a different website? More ethical. Haven't you Walmart.com. Here we go. Walmart.com has beds. Eric, if you're a member of Amazon or your uh, mom is and she pays for it for you, like some people I know, my mommy pays for Amazon for me. I really? think if you have Amazon, you get like one extra. Now, when you say your extra. mom, do you mean your mom, mom or your wife? Mommy. How dare you? <laughs> I can't believe this. There's no such thing as astrology. It's fake. It's never existed. And that's the end of it. Next question. All right, question three. This is from Teak. Cool name. Teak writes, hi, guys. Very excited to see a couple of punk celebrities doing something on astronomy. We're vaguely doing something on astronomy. This is primarily astrology, but um, but I hear you. Thank you, Teak. He says, is, I know a guy named Teak. I'm not sure if Teak is a gender-specific name or not. Um, Hit him with a they. They say, so I recently discovered that I'm a Pisces Aquarius cusp when I thought I was purely a Pisces. What sort of changes should I make based on this information? How could I be thinking differently of myself? And when are you guys going on tour together? We're going to save that for the, the end of this question. Okay. All right. So Teek is saying that they are a Pisces Aquarius cusp. Cusps are, do you know what a cusp is, Chris? Two girls. <laughs> One. Cusp? Uh, very close. It's two signs, one cusp. So a cusp is, um, okay, so we know that the sky is divided into 12 parts, and that's how we get all of the signs. So there must be a line there that separates, you know, somewhere there is a, a definite line. Mm -hmm. That line is a cusp. So when the sun is between the two signs, kind of, like the moment it changes over, um, we call that a cusp. And uh, here's the thing about cusps. Okay, so the dates of a sign, like, Let's say Aries is March 21st to April 20th or whatever the exact dates are for that. If your son, if you were born on March 21st, that's like the first day of Aries. We call that a cusp because it's uh, really close to when it was Pisces. Right. And the cusp kind of like radius or whatever is um, typically it's three days on either side. So if you're in the last three days of Pisces or the first three days of Aries, uh, Aries then you're on a cusp. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cusps are really, really, cusps are really controversial in the astrological community because some people hate them. And it's because when you go onto a birth chart calculator and you type in your exact time of birth, the computer is never going to be like, well, I don't know, it's right on the line. It's right. like, it's always going to be one or the other because right. it's just math. There are no like imaginary numbers in this kind of math, I suppose. So um, I personally like to just go with whatever your sign is. Cusps aren't like really my thing but I think what's important is that in astrology you can use it for however you want so if you want to be into cusps then what you can do is you you kind of take a blend of what you identify with on both signs so you are a 
Pisces, Aquarius, cusp, teak. So I would suggest you just kind of read up a lot on Pisces and Aquarius and see, um, just like consider it, I guess. Consider what parts of Pisces you feel positive about that you relate to and feel positive about and what parts of it you don't feel positive about uh, that you may or may not relate to and how you can work on those parts of yourself and then do the same thing with Aquarius. But you shouldn't really change anything about yourself. You said in your question, what sort of changes should I make based on this information? I mean, you never want to just change who you are based on astrology unless you think it's positive growth for the better, which is how I use it and how I recommend others to use it. Chris, when are we going on tour together? Isn't one show in 2011 in Minneapolis enough? Have we only played one show together? I actually have a really good story to tell you now. I don't know that I've told you this one. Okay, South by Southwest, 2011. No Sleep Showcase, Red 7. Fake Problem set was on the indoor stage. There was an outdoor and an indoor stage at Red 7. Do you remember that? Yes. You were playing indoors, mm -hmm. and we had known each other at this point in time. We barely knew each other. We walked in the room right after your set started, and you were on stage doing your little thing. Mm -hmm. It was... <laughs> you were on stage doing your big cannoli and uh -huh. you looked over because you saw that we walked in and while you were singing and playing guitar you smiled and you went like this you nodded you like did like a nod like a smiling like oh hey there what a cutie it was so sweet and something about it made me you know when like you meet someone and like impressions kind of like last in your mind and you associate with that that person with those things like subconsciously forever uh -huh. that made me associate you like for all time as just like the warmest, sweetest man that I felt like I'd met. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I don't know about you, but I'm H for the D to the stars and back. To the stars and back, and we'll see you next week on Freaking Astro Blast. With a special guest, special circumstances, and a special topic. Jenny, Farewell. I wish we had time for whatever you want to say, but we have to end <laughs> the right, episode. All right, you got three seconds. Say it. Uh, where can people write in with their questions? Oh, yeah, if you want to write in they with your cannot, questions. They cannot. They simply can't. <laughs> We're no longer accepting questions. You can write in with your questions to astroblasting at gmail.com or at our website, astroblasting.com. Please send we us your questions. We couldn't get astroblasting at gmail.com as a website. They said that's not how it works. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>